to Inspirational Journeys, a faith-based podcast where your story matters. Come on over, grab a seat on the front porch, and let's talk about the writing life. Welcome to Inspirational Journeys, everyone. My name is Ann Harrison, and today I would like to introduce you to my special guest, Dennis Savini. Welcome to the show, Dennis. Thanks, Ann. So before we get started, before we get started talking about your writing process and everything, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Okay, uh, my name is Dennis Savini, and I'm a Scorpio. I'm Italian. I love long walks on the beach. Um, I have a beautiful wife, Patty, three kids, one of each and two beautiful grandchildren. Wow, okay, so what inspired you to write your your book? I listened to a lot of books on Audible and Bard, and uh, I just figured that it would be an interesting topic to talk about, number one, and then number two, I felt that it would be very therapeutic to kind of speak about my story like a like a journal in some respects and also I figured that somebody could possibly learn from going through what I learned through. Mm, Okay so why don't you tell us briefly give us an overview of your tell us a bit about your story about your sight loss journey. Sure I I was born with a lazy eye, so I never really had great vision in my right eye. And in 2001, I lost vision in that right eye due to non-trauma retinal detachment. So once I lost vision in the right eye, I had still had really good vision in my left eye. But then I started to see some black spots in my left eye And then I went to the doctor and he told me that I had this rare disease called sympathetic ophthalmia, which basically affects one in 10,000 patients that have a detached retina due to non-trauma to the eye. And then over 20 years, I started to lose vision in my eyes, had glaucoma, shingles, injections in the eye trips to Boston to see an eye doctor, trips to many doctors, ophthalmic or neurological ophthalmologists. Uh, So it's just been a a struggle for the last 20 years. And then eventually in 2013, I lost my vision. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, are you, did, have you, are you totally blind now or do you still have some residual? Vision? No, I'm total. I'm totally blind, and what I don't see any light or any shapes. But every other day, I will see a bright light in my vision while my eyes are open or closed, and uh, there basically is nothing they can do because the optic nerve is so damaged, and so is my retina. Oh, sorry. Um. Okay. So. Um. I'm sorry, I got distracted there for a second. Um, So did you, did you have help 
navigating your new life with in as a blind person or what kind of struggles did you face? I don't, I have my wife that helps me out a lot. I mean, we go everywhere and I bring my white cane with me. Um, but as far as going outside and using that stick to go through a mall or walk through the neighborhood, I, I don't do that. Oh, okay. Okay. And then I know there are, you know, people, I've, I'm totally blind myself and I know that, you know, there are instructors who can help you navigate that. The, the system and stuff. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, I did have, I did have training on that. So I kind of know how to navigate around if, you know, if I need to be, but more than likely my wife is with me or my kids. So I'm curious. And then, um, so was your vision loss, uh, was it a slow, was it, um, uh, was it, did it, did your, did your blindness slowly progress or was it all of a sudden? No, it was slow. It, it started back, like I said, in 2001, and then it, I, I could drive up until 2006, but then I continued to work up until 2011. But slowly the vision would, once I got the shingles in my eye and they gave me an injection to help me with that, I started to see a shade coming down from the top of my vision. And then eventually it would come in from my nose to the middle of my eye. And then eventually it just, I had very small vision in the bottom left corner of my left eye. And then in 2013, it just completely disappeared. So I, I don't have anything at all. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and I've heard that even though it's a struggle for people who lose their vision all of a sudden, it can, it's, it's even harder when you come, when you lose it very slowly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I know that people that have went to sleep and then woke up the next day and were completely blind. Um, and then, you know, of course, in my situation going every 20 years, I don't know which is worse. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, and everybody's, everybody's situation is different. Yeah. So tell me about the process of writing this book. Did you just write it straight, you know, what they call pants it did you did you have an an outline or an idea of how you wanted to tell the story or did you just write it and then fine-tune it later I had it in my head what I wanted to start the book with as far as the epilogue and where I wanted to go with that and then I knew what I wanted to say in the first couple of chapters but I didn't want it to be a very sad book woe is me type of story. I wanted there to be some adversity in the book, but then also how I overcame that adversity. And so I threw in a lot of humor. I threw in stories about my childhood. You know, I would begin a chapter talking about myself in the present and then go back to myself as a child and then come back to the present. So I threw in some lighthearted humor and also some sadness as well because that's what we go through every year every day in our lives nothing is always sad and nothing is always happy so I would have an outline in my head what I wanted to talk about and then I would go upstairs in our bedroom and I would start to dictate on my iPad and I'm sure as you know when you dictate on your iPad it doesn't necessarily understand most of the words that you're saying right so once I got done 
dictating my chapter, I would go downstairs and have my wife read it. And a lot of the times she wouldn't understand what I was trying to say. And it would be comical of what my <laughs> iPad thought that I was saying. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. And then she would correct it. And then once that chapter was done, then I would send through an email to my aunt who would edit it. You look for grammatical corrections and spellings and whatnot. And then once that chapter was complete, then I would download it into my own little pages file. And then that process continued from March and through April, through April. And so there'd be times where I could blow through a couple of chapters every other day, but then there were times when I'd be, I'd have nothing uh -huh. to say. Yeah. And so I would have to think about it for a week or two and then eventually come back. But yeah, it was a long process, but it was fun to do and, and also brought back a lot of painful memories. Yeah. I was wondering about that. I was wondering how you, if you wrote it in, in, on your iPad or if you did, if you had a computer, have you ever thought about getting a Bluetooth keyboard to use with your iPad? Yeah, I was given that. I think it was called like, I don't know if it was called like Dragon Speak or something like that. That was years ago. Um, but I just feel more comfortable dictating through an iPad. Okay, I mean, I can't, I can't do it. Like, I, um, you know, I have the uh, capability of typing on the iPad as well. It, it, well, you know, it lets you know what letters you're touching. But yeah. I just feel it's, it's more my style to talk through it. Oh, okay. and, and I know a lot of people that have read the book have said it's almost like I'm talking to them, which I wanted it to be. Ah, that's cool. And the reason I ask that question is because I, I have an iPad, but I also have my Bluetooth keyboard. I find it easier to type on the Bluetooth keyboard if I'm doing stuff on the iPad. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. Than, um, than dictating or trying to touch type because the iPad screen is even, even, even with an iPad mini, the iPad screen is bigger than the phone yeah. screen so it's still a slow process right um so any advice for people who are losing their vision whether it's where it's slowly pro slow progression or you know any advice as to you know what don't be afraid to ask for help i know that when i went through this i figured that i could do it on my own or that i didn't want to bother anybody to help me out so i kept a lot of my emotions inside so don't be afraid. And it, yes, it's it, to me, it was the worst thing that I ever went through. But I did learn a lot of lessons along the way. So don't be afraid to ask for help. And it's not the end of the world. You still can live a happy <coughs> and prosperous life, Excuse me. even though you can't see. Um, right. And what I wanted to, to get through in the book is that there's people that are going through a lot worse than people who are blind, people maybe have lost a limb or are going through cancer or so many different medical ailments that losing your vision is, it's not that bad. No, because I can tell you from my own experience, I mean, I've been blind all my life, but from my own experience, I'm actually developing an editing business. Um, I'll tell the listeners and viewers more about that when I talk about my 2020 goals, but I am actually, I've taken an editing course, uh, editing and proofreading with the Chicago Manual of Style course. And so now I'm starting to build an editing business around that. 
right. or editorial coaching because I also do revisions and I can, you know, give people, you know, give, give suggestions on how I do my revisions. So you're right. Blind people can do, we can do what, well, within reason. And as long as we're aware of our limitations, we can do what we set our minds to. You know, and that's what you were saying. You, you, you've been blind since you were born. And I lost my vision when I was 47, but I started to lose it when I was 37. So I can't possibly feel bad for myself when somebody like yourself was born blind. I, I had 37 years of sight. Uh, and so that's what I tried to portray in the book is there were people that I went to at the Association for the Blind in, in Bucks County, where when I went into that center for the first time, I thought I was the only one that was going through this. And I thought my story was horrible. But then when I would sit down and I would listen to others that would talk during a meeting, it would hit me, man, I, you had it lucky. You didn't have it so bad where others woke up and were blind or others were born blind or others were blind at 16. So I, I was able to drive. I was able to see my wife on our wedding day and see what my children looked like and um, be able to play sports and work and be independent for such a long time. Whereas I never knew that other world of going out on a bus by myself or walking down the streets of Philadelphia by myself. I, I don't know how somebody like yourself can do that. I'm, I'm so blown well, away by somebody like yourself. Well, to be honest, I used to live in the city, but now I live in the country. So I still have to get transportation to different right. places but yeah I've been on the I've been on the city buses and the MARTA trains in Atlanta and that kind of stuff so yeah it's it, it it's a learning process but I mean it's it's doable but um and another thing too um it's just it's all in how you look at life whether you want us whether you want to use your blindness as a as a oh, woe is me, I can't do anything I can't see, or whether you say, hey, I can't see, but I can still learn how to do this stuff. Right. And I can still thrive because you, you can use your disability as a, as, a, as a crutch, or you can use it as a tool because you have, you have a disability, yes, but you also use it to your advantage because of the attention to detail and, and things like that. So I have another question. Are you working, uh, what are you, what else are you working on now? Are you gonna continue to write books or was this a one and done kind of thing? I, you know, I, I, when I lost my vision, I had a bucket list and there were many things that I wanted to do that I never would have done if I had vision. So I, in the book, I talk about how I went skydiving. I talk about, and I'm terrified of heights. You went and, skydiving? Wait, whoa, whoa, hold up. Let's unpack that. Okay. Tell me about that. Tell me about that because I've read about it and I had to write about it. But now I'm curious, what is that actually like? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's probably the most um, awesome feeling I've ever had in my life. It it If I had vision... I never would have done it. I, but not seeing 
stop me from being afraid. And yes, I knew I was on a plane and yes, I knew I was going to be jumping out of the plane, but obviously I did a tandem jump with somebody else. Um, but I was not scared until I jumped out of the plane and then the wind and the sound and you can't breathe. And it, it, that scared me. But after that initial rush of anxiety, it was just unbelievable. And so I, I did that because a friend at the center was going skydiving and she's also very limited in her vision. And I thought, well, why not? So it, it losing my vision helped me get over my fear of heights. And then I went zip lining and, but as far as writing another book, I'd love to. Um, I mean, I know I have more stories to tell. Maybe I'll, I'll do a part two of this book, but I also learned how to play guitar. Um, so I'd like to write, I'd write, I'd like to write music. I, I'd like to sit down and oh. play some music on the guitar and then add some vocals to it and maybe get another musical instrument, like maybe some drums or bass and, and do a whole, do a whole song that, that might be my next project, but maybe a book, another book in the, in the future. Wow. Now you got me wanting to read the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to read Why it. Why did you read I'm... the book, Anne? Come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, believe me, I've been reading a lot and writing a I... lot and planning a lot. And, you know, sometimes you, you can, you only have so many hours in the day. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. But tell me something. Can I pick your brain for a minute? I know this has nothing to do with writing, but you got me interested now. Can I pick your brain for a second? Sure. Okay. So with skydiving, I've read while I was writing, doing, you know, work for a company called Web um, Rush Cube, and I was writing landing page content for these skydiving um, websites. Um, are, are, your, are you and the tandem instructor connected side by side? Do you face each other? How are you connected? How are your harnesses connected? Initially, what happens when you go to, I mean, even for anybody that has sight, you go into this room where they show you an, an instructional video about what they're going to be doing. And then once you come out of that video, then the instructor comes up and he happened to be an Australian guy. So he's really cool. And they put a harness on you and then he attaches himself to you. So he's on your back, literally. And then when you walk to the plane, he's walking behind you, but you're both attached to one another. And then when you sit on the plane, I'm sitting on his lap. And then he taps my shoulder and then we kind of waddle to the door. And then he taps me on the shoulder to let me know when to jump. And then I jump, my arms are spread out, my legs are bent back. My body's arched. He's behind me. And about 60 seconds, you're free falling. And you're going 120 miles an hour. And with my tandem jump, they had another instructor who had a, a GoPro camera on a helmet. And he videotaped my skydive. So he was right in front of me while I was diving and then about, like I said, in a, like about a minute and then he pulls the parachute and he helped me guide the parachute. I could swing it from, you know, we moved from left to right and then eventually we landed and 
it's crazy how soft you land because it's like you're landing on a pillow. And we landed on the ground and, and I, I would do it again. I mean, I know that I talked about this in my book with, you know, George Bush, he skydived on his 70th, 80th and 90th birthdays. And I, I, I would do that. I, I definitely would skydive again. I, I would recommend it. And I, I, I don't know, I don't know if, if it's something that you think about doing, but I mean, it's the most incredible experience I've ever had in my life. It sounds amazing. Cause I know I've, like I said, I've read about it. I've written about it. It sounds amazing. And that's why I wanted to know, you know, the description. So they're behind you. Okay. Because when I read about it, it wasn't there. I didn't see that in a description, but now that kind of gives me an, an, a visualization to know, Oh, okay. Cause it just, and it, it's, it sounds awesome. It is. It's incredible. I mean, and then they're also, I know like on cruise ships and in King of Prussia, they have a simulator where you, it gives you the feeling of jumping out of a plane, but you're just levitating in the air and the the air is coming up underneath you. It's like a big tunnel, a big tower. Ah. So you don't actually jump from a plane. You're just getting the, the feeling of jumping from a plane. Uh, simulated. Right. Have you ever been parasailing? No, that's another thing I wouldn't mind doing. I've never done it either, but I've read about it. So, yeah, I would like to. Um, wow, this is amazing. I mean, I could pick your brain for hours. <laughs> You've done something. It's going to cost you. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> My time is very precious. I know, mine too. <laughs> I said I could, and but we would both be having to charge yeah, for right. time. Yeah, but um, anyway, so, um, but yeah, it, that that just sounds amazing. You've done something I've never done, and I've been blind all my life. Um, so anyway, any uh, so where can people if they want to connect with you? Um, where can people find you online? Uh, I guess they could check me out on Facebook. It's Dennis Savini, or you can go on to Amazon and my book is called As Far As The Eye Can See. And it's, the book was edited by my aunt, Mariana Gockley, or you could get the book through Kindle. And I know that the actual Kindle device will read the book to yes. you. Yes, yes. Yeah. Actually, your Amazon Echo will read it too. Correct. I was thinking about having my son di uh, dictate the book and then putting that up on Amazon for people to, uh, who are visually impaired. Oh, you mean like do an audiobook? Yeah, that you can actually do that through Amazon. Yeah, I know. I've got, I've actually, my poetry book is on Audible and I have, I actually worked with a lady who does it. Um, and you, he won't, he may, does he have, he may want to find out this, what the the requirements, like the microphone requirements and that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think they were saying that you have to be in a very, obviously a very quiet place and possibly mm -hmm. the best place to do it would be in a closet for the acoustics are really good. Yeah. I mean, my narrator and her co-producer, excuse me, co-producer, um, have, she has a studio out in California and, and behind her house. And that's where they go to do it. They have a oh, okay. soundproof studio. Yeah. Um, but if you're interested or if you, I mean, if your son wants to do it, that's, that's fine too. But let me know if you're looking for a narrator. I can, I can oh, okay, uh, great. connect you with. Yeah. Okay. So 
Any final words of wisdom before we close? Um, or is there anything I've missed? Wow. Uh, you got my card. I, 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 I would just say to everybody that let's be kind to one another. I know it sounds kind of cliche, but everybody will experience some adversity in their life. I, I spoke to grade school kids and my, my topic and what I tried to get through to them is everybody's going to have a bad day and eventually you're going to have a bad day as well. Mm -hmm. So if you have a friend who's having a bad day, it's very important to be empathetic. Empathy is really lacking in today's world. So let's be empathetic to each other and not just people who have disabilities, but to everyone. My, my sister was mentally disabled. And so I had a first hand look at how people treated her as she got older. And that affected me when I was younger. And now here I am the disabled one. So you don't know when you, you could be disabled as you get older. Nobody knows if you're going to lose your vision or be in a car accident. We just don't know from day to day. So let's be nice to people because eventually you may need, need people to be nice to you. Ah, oh, okay. I do appreciate that. That's very good, very good words of wisdom. Thanks. So we challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired, write something inspiring and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched thousands. Thanks for joining us on Inspirational Journeys. And remember, your story matters. Have a blessed day, everyone. Hey guys, this is Anne from the Inspirational Journeys podcast, and my special guest, Joe Templin, has an offer for, for my listeners and viewers. Take it away, Joe. Anne, thank you. And again, thank you for bringing me on. This was a wonderful conversation. I'm glad that I could reach out and help your people grow. And to continue to help them to grow, we have an offer. If they go to the website, everyday-excellence.com, and use the code inspirational journeys at checkout from the shop, they can get a 10% discount on anything there to be able to help them with their personal journey to grow and inspire others. You heard it here, folks. You get a 10% discount on everything in the store at everyday-excellence.com using promo code inspirational journeys. Happy writing, writing, and celebrate the day. everybody this is Anne from the inspirational journeys podcast and I'm here today with Teresa from struggling blessed but not alone podcast how are you today Anne I'm doing good how about you Teresa I'm good so what's up I've got some news for you really what's that did you know that our listeners can support our podcasts no can you please share more about that Okay, so while you're listening to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, hit the support this podcast button. With your contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 a month, you're helping us achieve our goals. 
Wait a minute, Anne. Are you telling me all that our listeners have to do is hit that support button and they could give a donation? That's right. Wow. Hey, guys, thanks for wanting to do that for us. Have a blessed day. challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired, write something inspiring, and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched thousands. You've been listening to Inspirational Journeys, Stories That Matter, with your host, Anne Harrison. If you like what you've heard on today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. Visit my website at AnnWritesInspiration.com, subscribe to my YouTube channel, and follow me on Facebook and Pinterest at AnnWritesInspiration and on Twitter at AnnWrites75 for more inspirational content. Thanks for listening, and remember, your story matters.